I'm filled with the rage of the rainbow! Hello everybody and welcome to yet another episode of Two Guys, A Girl, and A Comic Book Podcast. I'm Andy, along with me are my two wonderful co-hosts, Kelsey and Ryan, as usual. You guys doing okay over there? Yeah, man. <laughs> Super. Super. Well, so another week has gone by, another set of comics have been released, and uh, most importantly, a whole bunch of new comic book news has uh, come out. So today, um, we're going to be talking about some casting rumors that are going on with some of the movies coming up. We're going to be talking about some movies looking for a director, uh, both Marvel and DC, looking at kind of like what they're going to be doing with their upcoming events in the future. We're going to talk about a groundbreaking uh, Disney film. And we're also going to talk about a really cool superhero crossover that's going on on one of those TV channels that you may be listening to. Or listening to. Boy, I think you'd probably be watching the TV. Listening and watching. Yeah, yeah. I guess listening's involved too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I just listen. Like I put it on in the background while I actually do other important things. Yeah. I'm actually a huge fan of captions. I don't know why. It was so annoying to my ex, but I love them so much. Oh, man. I got to say, like. Uh, when you ever, whenever you watch TV with captions, it gives me like a special appreciation for the person whose job it is to go in and write all those out. Cause... Like, no lie, I want that to be my job. That's like my dream job is just watch TV and write captions for it all day. Yeah, like... yeah, but there's always like some show and you're watching it and the captions don't match up. Or if you're like a perfectionist, like probably Kelsey is, um, then it's probably just like she would be like, they did not say isn't. They said is not. You wrote in should of instead of should apostrophe V-E. Sometimes it's so bad. Like, I was, I forget what I was watching. I was like, I think it was The Flash. Like, it's just something like, I don't deserve that. And then the caption says something like, he doesn't know what. I'm like, what? Who are you? Speak English. Fuck. Oh, like, I got really upset. That's like, like, uh, that's like foreign, like, language translations when they have, like, an idiom it's or like something. like somebody used Babelfish instead. <laughs> Like, for real, like, I can type, like, 130 words per minute, and I don't make typos. <laughs> like, I got this. I got it. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, television networks everywhere, if you're looking for someone with a high words per minute and a passion for perfection. This passion bitch. for perfection, yeah. <laughs> it's your main bitch right here. Uh, you got Mavis Beacon over here. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Call me Mavis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Mavis Beacon. Anyways. <laughs> I just have, like, the mental image of the loading screen of her looking all, like, triumphant. Like, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to type. I can be the Latina Mavis Beacon. It'll oh. be so good. Oh. Time for a resurgence. Someone teaches bitches how to type. <laughs> well, I mean, if text messaging is any uh, indication, indication, yeah, we definitely need some education on how to type out words. But anyways, enough about texting, nor there. <laughs> typing, or closed captioning. Uh, we need to get into news for this week. What I have at the top of the list right now is we've got uh, some casting rumors that have been going around for the proposed Suicide Squad movie, and uh, there's a lot of, like, really crazy names coming out here. Yes. Uh, I'm so... I wish... I hope in my, like, deepest, deepest portion of my heart that these rumors are all true, because it sounds amazing. I, like... I saw the DC movie, like, movie announcement, and I don't remember Suicide Squad being on there. <laughs> really? So when they were like... Yeah. So when they were like, hey, Suicide Squad rumors, I was like, uh, for what fictional movie are we talking <laughs> about right now? Didn't we talk about this last time? 
I think we mentioned it like offhand, oh. but I don't know if we actually. I like, just thought we were being like. I thought you guys were just like, bullshitting, and well, I was like, "Yeah, and I want a fucking Blue Beetle movie too!" Ha ha ha! Hey, hey, don't joke about things. That would be amazing. Okay, I would kill <laughs> for a Blue Beetle and Booster Gold movie. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh. It's just weird that DC has like decided to tap into like they're really pushing Suicide Squad because they had um, the newest Arkham game Origins had a huge like Suicide Squad like. Easter like egg in it. To it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, there's even a post credit that uh, hints at a Suicide Squad game. And then they released the Assault on Arkham, which is basically a Suicide Squad cartoon movie, which I don't know if you saw that, but that movie is super racy for a cartoon Ooh, that's like, aimed towards like the younger crowd. Like Harley Quinn totally bones a dude in that. Oh, that's. Uh, <laughs> she's, yeah. She's good. topless numerous times, just like holding her boobs. <laughs> Wait. Okay, so and this is like a is this like a direct to like video kind of like the way yeah, they did like the new Avengers stories and stuff like that? It's a direct to video, just like right after I think it's the newest one since Return or Red Hood or Flashpoint. I think it takes it's after Flashpoint. Okay, are you for real? It's like a real thing and not just like a porn parody that you watched one night in like a weird fucked up drunken haze. If it's I've a porn parody, one. there is way too much fighting and not enough way sex. But I mean, dick. like. <laughs> In my in my real or in my fantasies, it's more like you know, it's like you just start imagining you're a superhero and forget about the naked women. So yeah, so uh, so most Ryan, of these, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so most of these uh, these rumors originate from the Hollywood Reporter, who says righty too. Yeah, who says that the short list of names includes Ryan Gosling, Will Smith, Margaret Robbie. And Tom Hardy as possible stars in the Suicide Squad flick. So, geez, um, like, I don't know. I've also missed one of the better ones. Uh, Jared, Jared Leto. Leto as the, the Joker. Joker. Yep. <laughs> yes, that is correct as well. <laughs> Sorry, I also just really want funny. Margot Robbie to be Harley Quinn because she had that one truly, like, fucking transformative scene of, like, showing her pussy to Leonardo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street. And it, like, changed my life. <laughs> and I want um, so badly she, she would nail it she is i, I mean it. i i was thinking about it like i i, I, I can't even handle it <laughs> like <laughs> she's gonna it's too perfect of casting like dc doesn't usually cast this well so it's freaking me out i know i'm not used to it like i don't know how to process it but i'm really excited and i hope it comes to fruition like it sounds so good i know that like the um at least among like the new 52 uh like properties the suicide squad reboot was one of the things that kind of was selling a lot better than other than some of the other titles and mm-hmm. i think that uh like this you know really like big budget casting i mean like no one will deny that gosling will smith jared leto tom hardy margaret Robbie, these are all like big a-list movie stars um I heard I, I, gosling though did they say what part he would be no, like that's that's the thing. Like I haven't heard anything specific um, aside yeah. from Jared Leto as Joker, uh, Joker, and uh, Margaret Robbie as as Harley Quinn. I have not heard anything specific about these names, but I've heard well, that Tom Hardy was probably going to be Rick Flag, and that Will Smith is probably going to be Captain Boomerang. Huh. Yeah. Um. I I have problems. <laughs> One. <laughs> Actually, my only problem, Tom Hardy can't be in another DC movie as a different character. That drives me crazy. <laughs> to be fair, he wore a mask in the last one. So he's and, it's, <laughs> and it's different than like Chris Evans being Human Torch and Cap because those are still at least under different studios. 
Human Torch, Fantastic Four is by Fox, and then Cap is Marvel Banner. This is literally both DC Comics, like Warner Brothers, making these movies. So I can't handle, like, that's like when you watch a TV show and they introduce a character and then they kill him off and a season later they bring him back as a different character. And you're like, no, assholes, I know who that is. Oh, you, you can't Don Dar- or I can't remember his name, Andy, from um, fucking Game of Thrones. The Oh, my God, who? you know who I'm talking about. What are we talking Leader about? Leader of the Brotherhood Without Banners. Uh, oh, uh, Beric Dondarrion, you mean? Yeah, oh my god. Yeah. What is yeah. Name? I mean, G- Game of Thrones has recast like four different roles. Like uh, the know, guy who plays I... uh, Dondarrion got recast. They recast Dario. They recast no. the mountain. They recast like, him to times. a wider person, which is the weirdest thing. I don't understand. Yeah. Whatever. Well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but it's not even <laughs> recasting. It's when you use the same actor. Like, no, no. That, you can't throw a wig and be like, no, it's someone different now. It's cool. They're pulling Doctor Who terminology where they used both Peter Capaldi and fucking um, Karen Gillan in the same episode of Fires of Pompeii. And then they wrote later a companion and the new Doctor. So, Yeah, cool. I mean, I think... You know, I I definitely agree with Ryan at some point. There's some problematic elements to being like, oh no, I you know, feel just recycling same. characters, and I feel or actors that is, you know, and like part of me is like, yo, like couldn't you cast like an unknown that maybe could knock it out of the park instead of Tom Hardy? As much as I love Tom Hardy as an actor, it would just I'm be really man. nice. <laughs> yeah. I also don't, I don't really feel Mel, like though. I need a new Joker as much as I'd like to see Jared Leto play the Joker. Um. I, it's, it still hasn't really been long enough. See, so, I, uh, yeah. I just think like DC is way too hungry for those cold, hard Gotham dollars. And I feel <laughs> like eventually we're going to get a Joker, whether we like it or not. And I think DC's just going to do it because there's no easy way to like tiptoe. Like they don't have a bunch of like archive footage from filming The Dark Knight that they can like superimpose Heath Ledger. They certainly, I don't think, want anyone to like go in and do like a Heath Ledger impersonation. Right. Um I think we're just going to have to live with it. You know? I hope that's when we like discover as a, as a people that that ghosts are real. Just like Heath Ledger's ghost just comes out and he's like, "No, you asshole!" and he just kills Jared Leto on set. I hope, like, actually, I think hope, I hope what happens is that like Jared Leto agree, agrees, and then like Mark Hamill decides, like you know, actually, I'm okay with doing the Joker's voice. I just don't want to do like the actual acting part of it. And so they just have like Jared Leto just like mouth, and then. We just dub, you know, it's Mark like the Hamill first joke over there. in like the 1920s. Oh, it'd be amazing. <laughs> Are we going to so, get like a 30 Seconds of Mars video that's like all about the Joker? Because <laughs> that's really going to bum me out. See, the thing I feel about Jared Leto is that I already feel like he's already reached like his cinematic like masterpiece of him just getting the shit kicked out of him on Fight Club. And nothing like that will ever beat him in a movie for me so like even if he is great as a joker i'm just gonna be wishing that he's getting his fucking ass handed to him by ed norton the whole time he's just, so like, too pretty <laughs> yeah like i just want to watch him get the shit kicked out of him which is not something i say about a lot of people i don't know <laughs> uh, well another thing it, is the Kelsey joker's not to see something beautiful destroyed <laughs> J- joker's not like a main character in suicide squad so why do we have to like shoehorn him into the movie Exactly. Unless they're going to play it up to be an even bigger part, which I would not be super into. But they also talked about casting um, that guy from Divergent, Jay Courtney, as Deadshot, too. So that's interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy who played uh, Jax in that live-action Mortal Kombat. Uh, I don't know about that, but he was also in Terminator Genesis, I think. I don't watch it yet. Wait, Genesis. I don't watch it. Okay, never mind. Yeah, that's why I was like, wait, that wasn't what the last one was called. No, that's the new one with Arnold (laughs) back. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. 
Well, I mean, I'm oh, sorry, very far behind on my Terminators, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, you and me both. You're, you're not missing much. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I would be. <laughs> a Suicide Squad uh, is tentatively scheduled for a release of August 5th, 2016. So we've got a couple years to, you know, wait to see how this all turns out. But I don't know. It looks promising if they keep down the same path they're on. So um, yet another DC movie uh, bit of news as uh, everyone knows, we mentioned it last week that there is a Wonder Woman movie in the look in the works. Yes, uh, and that uh, Gal Gadot is going to be Diana. The uh, thing is that they're kind of circling around a possible director, and it seems like uh, their top choice right now is Michelle McLaren, who has been the director on I think like five or six episodes of Game of Thrones and a handful of episodes of The Walking Dead. And Breaking Bad. Um, and that's correct. She also was a producer and uh, sometimes a director on Breaking right. Bad as well. So she's got some good TV under her belt. Um, and I think this would be her one of her earlier ventures into like uh, directing like a whole film. But I don't know. That seems definitely promising. Yeah. I am so into this. It's not even funny. Like, I just, I want it to be real. I really like the casting of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Um, I know a lot of people complain. They're like, she's not bulky enough. She's not muscular enough. But I'm, I don't give a shit about that. She knows like Krav Maga. She could beat your ass in her it's life. Krav so I don't really care. Please. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Thanks, Hashtag James. White people. <laughs> Thanks, James Vanderbeek. Um, anyways, uh, but it's funny because I read about this. I read about the director that they were thinking about in an article that was talking about how DC Comics wasn't very happy that they announced a Captain Marvel movie for Marvel and everyone got stoked and no one seems to give a shit about a Wonder Woman movie still. Here's your answer, DC Comics. It's because she's a boring fucking character. The end. Uh, well, In case you're wondering. Well, the good news is that uh, she directed three episodes of The Walking Dead, and I will say that The Walking Dead is chock full of some boring fucking characters. So with any <laughs> luck, uh, maybe Michelle McLaren will do a bomb-ass job and we'll get a sick Wonder Woman movie. I'm, I mean... I know that like details. That's I have. I, yeah. I have a lot of faith in her, though. Like I, for real, I really do. Like with everything that she's directed under her belt, and like the people that they've pulled, like for directing, like um, any of these like superhero movies or comic book related movies, like from those same kind of like writing things. Who was it? Uh, like Ryan Johnson, who was um directing Breaking Bad, who's now doing Star Wars movies, yeah. and Josh Whedon, who's doing Avengers, and J.J. Abrams, like. There's, she's just in good company, and I really think that they wouldn't have her name in the mix so high if she wasn't totally fucking capable of making something awesome. Yeah, I, mean, I need, like, a screenwriter. That's what I need. Like, when they announce directors, I'm like, that's cool. Who's writing the script? Because you can have a bomb-ass director, and if you get a shitty screenwriter in there, like, you can't fix that. You know, you can't turn lemonade right. into gold. So, like, <clears throat> that just fucking worries <laughs> me. What does that even mean? <laughs> Let's just make uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick write everything. Uh, I know that she's more of a Marvel lady, but, like, let's just let her do whatever what she What if, like, it, I, I wake up in, in cold sweats at night and I just of, – of watching a, a trailer for a Wonder Woman movie where they announce that Dr. Poison is the main villain. And, <laughs> and, and, and I just wake up and I'm like, you're ruining everything. <laughs> Why didn't you use the Joss Whedon script? Someone tell me it's just a dream. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, looking back at her history – 
It looks like Michelle McLaren, she she was director and co-producer on 47 episodes of The X-Files as well. She did some work with Law & Order SVU. Shit, yeah, she did. Uh, looks like Lie to Me, that awesome Tim Roth show oh my that God. went on for Don't a while. Don't even talk so, about it. You know, like, she's definitely got the skills. Uh, we'll just kind of have to wait and... So this is like a weird see. side thing. I'm assuming you have her IMDb up. What episode of Lie to Me did she direct? Uh, that would be season three, episode three. What? Lie uh, to Me didn't have... Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Let's see. Season three, episode three. So that was the last season. Episode is called Dirty Loyal. Internal Affairs investigates an incident involving Detective Walowski. The Lightman Group is hired to review police profiling techniques. Oh my god, I need to marathon that entire show tonight. (laughs) I love Tim Roth so much. I feel like I've already talked about that on here, like, extensively. Yeah, I will not. You have mentioned your love for Tim Roth. So Tim Roth, if you're out there, that's twice, guys, okay? That's twice that Kelsey said something about you. This is like my, like... I'm going to put, like, a picture of him on my vision board. Like, I just need him to... Just have to visualize your success of Tim Roth. <laughs> I'm going to secret all up in this bitch. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. Uh, all right. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, to kind of, like, uh, turn away from uh, the DC area of stuff, earlier this week, Marvel and Disney had a kind of groundbreaking movie that came out this week. And that would happen to be Big Hero 6. Uh, Big Hero 6 was an older Marvel property, and it's actually a Disney animated film now, getting very good reviews. And it's pretty groundbreaking because since the first, uh, since Disney finally bought Marvel and all the Marvel properties, it's the first time that they've taken a truly Marvel thing and turned it into a film. And for all intents and purposes, it seems like they've mostly retained the same story about uh, Big Hero 6 and the origin of Baymax and all of this stuff. Uh, Ryan, you said you you got a chance to see the movie, right? I did. And what did you think? <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yep. and yes, I it was, was a there. Movie. It <laughs> was a experience. There was it, actually, movie. <laughs> it, it actually, interestingly enough, it beat out Interstellar by like three million, and it's the first time in twelve years that a Christopher Nolan movie has come out not on number one no at the sure. box office. Yeah. So it actually beat out Interstellar, and I was worried too because it didn't. I don't know. It didn't seem to be getting a whole lot of exposure, um, but I really loved it. Uh, it really nailed like the the style. Uh, I mean, Disney Studio movies always kind of to me in the last couple of years they've been like gaining on Pixar, but earlier on it always kind of seemed like, oh man, Disney sure wishes it was Pixar. Uh, but with this movie, to me, it just really seemed like they were able to grab onto the comic style and run with it and uh one of the best parts scott adsit is the voice of baymax did you know that yes pete hornberger from fucking 30 rock uh which baymax is seriously the most adorable thing to be on a large screen since wally but he's even better because he has a giant rocket fist oh man Um, the Uh best one ahead, of the sorry. best parts, too, for this movie was I was – so after the movie, I was, like, looking it up, just reading the Wikipedia, and they picked Big Hero 6 literally because the execs at Disney told the animation studio, we need to do a Marvel property, pick obscure characters so we have some freedom with the story. And the, the guy was going through a list and just picked it because he liked the name of the team. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to say that, unfortunately, I have not had a chance to see the movie yet, but a couple of people that I have talked to have said that, like Ryan said, it was very good. 
the one thing that I've heard from all the people I've talked to was that it does a great job of kind of showing off the kind of like teamwork dynamic that, you know, like a superhero movie has while still kind of tying it back around to like kind of a Disney family message. And actually, Ryan, I'm not really surprised that it beat out Interstellar only because like Interstellar really only appeals to like people who are, you know, of a higher age group. And whereas like Big Hero 6 kind of hits like all areas, you know, if you're like four or 40, you could in theory still see that movie and have a great time. So Yeah, and I totally cried. I'll throw it out there. Just, I mean, I cried during the movie. There's nothing wrong with that. I cry in the first uh, eight minutes of Up every single time. So don't feel bad. It tugged at the heartstrings. It was like the first eight minutes of Up or the last ten minutes of Toy Story 3. Like, it's tugging on them pretty hard. And while we're talking about crying during co- comic book movies, I also was uh, totally not crying at the end of Get Guardians of the Galaxy when Ain't No Mountain High Enough came on. Yeah, I'm totally not crying. Not crying There's just two sticks in my eyes. Yeah, I'm not crying at all, guys. It's just, <laughs> it's just a sudden flood of uh, uh, emotions. Is there something in both of my eyes? I'm sorry. I, cr- I cried a lot during Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, but that was mostly because I was super happy. Oh, <laughs> Except uh, for that song does remind me of that movie Stepmom with like Susan Sarandon and Julia Roberts, so it just makes me cry all the time. Can't help it. Uh, <laughs> I think of that movie when I need to get rid of a boner. I'm just like, oh man, remember Stepmom? That was remember a bummer. Cancer. Oh god. <laughs> um, so yeah, so at any rate, Big Hero 6 is a great family film, and uh, whether you're a young kid, uh, a teenager, a young adult, or a grown-ass person, you should go see that film. Bring your friends, bring your kids, bring your nieces, nephews, whoever, because uh, it is a good film and uh, is well worth your time, unlike a lot of films that are out there. Speaking of things that maybe are not worth your time, DC announced that there is a whole bunch of crazy stuff that's going to be happening during their Convergence event, uh, which we kind of touched on for a bit. The, the first one that like kind of leads all of these headlines is that Superman and Lois Lane will deal with the birth of their child mm-hmm. as he is called in to protect the city. Interesting, yeah. huh? Um, did you read the plot synopsis for these fucking minis? <laughs> I uh, I definitely uh, read all of these plot synopses. <laughs> listen, listen to this shit, okay? Just I want you to listen for like <laughs> one. I hate when they throw shit at us like months early, and it says stuff like the dome is up. What dome? I don't understand like what they're talking about. Is that something that's going to happen during convergence that they haven't really let on about, but they're trying, they like expect us to know what it like this one. Harley Quinn is enjoying her normal life under the dome, which is already a TV series. Come on, DC (laughs) until Catwoman and poison Ivy draft her to fight captain carrot. Wait, 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 hold on. Ryan, I thought you liked C list villains coming into obscure comics. Okay, well, Captain Carrot's actually a superhero from the Zoo Crew, okay? So, first of all, I love C-list heroes as well, but Under the Dome. Cool. What does that mean? I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, There was another one, too, that talks about the Dome. Wally West and his kids are separated from Linda, which was bad enough, but when the Dome falls, Flashpoint Wonder Woman comes for them. What the fuck, DC? For real? For real. You gave us a whole new 52 universe, and now not only are you booting us back to the old universe, but you're throwing in your bullshit middle universe Flashpoint characters, too? Come on. 
I mean, like, you know what's going to happen? I can predict what's going to happen right now. All three universes are going to get mixed up now, and there's going to be a new explosion. And at the end of that, oh, oh, we have some old characters, and we have some new 52 characters, and we have some Flashpoint characters. What's going on? Everything's so crazy. Captain Carrot's the leader of the Justice League now. Wonder Woman's a villain. (laughs) Um. So like uh, they are gonna they're gonna like stop everything else while this is going on, right? Uh, yeah, they're gonna publish forty different two part miniseries, characters from all over, and yeah, the these this is like essentially the first batch of like solicits that they've sent out. They aren't just like full on covers, but they all have like an image that accompanies them. Well, some of them do. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm really lost here. I agree with I agree with Ryan. When I read Under the Dome, I was like, "Oh, is uh, is Hank gonna be showing up? Uh, Hank from Breaking Bad? Is he gonna be there too? <laughs> He's in that show, right?" Um, <laughs> like I, I don't know. It. I mean, maybe There's... it's like Brainiac drops a giant dome of kryptonite on the world. I have no idea. But it's it is something involving Brainiac. I know that, and they like invented a new villain for it. But like even just looking at the list of minis coming out, there's nothing. I look at the writers and the artists. There's not even a team that's so like that's strong enough that I'm like, well, that kind of sounds like a bunch of shit. But I'll read it anyways because I love that guy. Like it's just a bunch of DC writers who have been shitting all over comics for the last ten years, and I'm just looking at the names and i'm like oh cool more dc writers get the shit on themselves for another fucking year i will say that uh the question is getting a run and uh greg rucka is writing it so i will read that one that is probably the only one worth mentioning yeah yes. everything else that i saw in there i kind of agree with you can't uh i i can't i am see not cameron do I not call I, can't, cameron. I said i can't see myself uh finishing up uh reading any of those oh books so I'm sorry to all the listeners who have no idea what's happening, but uh, Larson just had a bit of a fucking freak out, so <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it, guys. Um, but yeah, also so- the biggest like insult to me is Titans being written by Fabian Nichizia or however you say his name. Uh, Seriously, the- you're going to give us Rob Liefeld light to write Titans and expect us to give a damn? I'll pass. Hard pass. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Starfire so, like, and side Donna note? Troy. Oh my sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Side note. Um we did all our fancy stuff and came up with like a Twitter handle and like an email address so you can contact us and most of the stuff is like two guys and a girl talk comics. I propose the notion that we have a segment where it's just Ryan talks shit and he just talks about DC. Like I it's, feel it like would literally only be about DC. It's it's happened like three times already. I just feel like we should make it an official. I think what we like, might do for the next one is what I might do is I might just put like 15 minutes on the clock like at the end of the episode <laughs> and, go. and we'll just like save for the end of the episode. We'll save like a particular story that Ryan is very passionate about. And then we'll just kind of like let him let you loose Ryan for 15 minutes He's and like Adam Carolla of this show. Like, you're just going to be full of rage and yelling, <laughs> and Andy and I are just going to be chill. <laughs> Honestly, I feel more like I'm Jon Stewart, and I tease, the, <laughs> I, I tease the person that deserves it. And so far, it's only been DC. I'm pretty, I'm pretty like, non-biased unless you keep fucking shooting yourself in the foot. So good job, DC Comics. Way to just blow off your fucking feet. <laughs> So, 
Speaking of giant events, uh, Marvel also announced this week that they revealed Secret Wars Battle World. So Battle World, for those who are not familiar, is a like pocket dimension created by the Watchers, and people battle it out inside of it. Essentially, was it the Watchers or Beyonder? Oh, that's right, it's the Beyonder. I'm Beyonder. sorry, I always forget about those like you know weird. Uh, cosmic stuff yeah, yeah it, it sometimes it all blends together for me yeah especially with marvel like they fucking love them some weird cosmic fucking things everywhere yeah. so um but at any rate the like the like reveal trailer shows all of these like weird it's a lot of like kind of like um you know unusual like side events like they show off like planet hulk and um you know like old man logan and secret wars house of m all of these like old events from marvel and they basically place them all on this like giant map and then it says like battle world and it announces a handful of some issues and stuff uh the most common one is the secret wars title is kind of like the big announcement and uh it shows off that jonathan hickman is going to be writing it um, with isad ribic on art and alex ross is going to be doing some cover art and at least having hickman on a title makes me excited i don't know about you guys but for sure for sure yeah. i don't know how i feel about this We'll see. Wait, Ryan, I feel you... it could it could be good or bad. Like it almost sounds like when you when you like lay it out, it almost sounds like convergence. You're like, oh man, all their multiple universes are coming together. I know, right? I feel um, like convergence also sounds like something else that has happened in the past before. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, Marvel's done this before with Secret Wars, which is where Beyonder just took characters, like different characters, and threw them all together, and they fought. So it sounds. Like what this will most likely be is he, he, some character with Beyonder level power will be taking characters from different universes and pitting them against each other, not just smashing all their universes together like a child playing with fucking Legos. What if it'll be – is it going to be like Watcher Nick Fury? Could it be that? There's rumors that it's um, Watcher Nick Fury. There's also I guess a new character just got introduced in X-Men uh, that has – um omega level mutant powers like they were they were literally so powerful that like xavier instead of trying to harness his powers literally wiped them from his mind from the uh from the will of charles xavier run or whatever yeah so there's like rumors that that character is going to become powerful enough to become beyonder uh i mean the beyonder is not dead either the last time he showed up i think it was in uh an illuminati like side issue yeah yeah. he's he's been around he just hasn't like he's just not dealt with earth in a while i guess i i personally hope beyonder comes back in a sweet like white disco gear and just wrecks <laughs> oh God, havoc please let that be true Marvel universe so please let that be true i think the ideal situation is he comes back as disco stew from the simpsons like, <laughs> wouldn't that just be the best thing ever that would be so good <laughs> disco I mean, sue sentences you to battle world when i saw the beyonder like in comics i was like wow he looks dumb and then honestly they made him look even dumber in the in the cartoons remember like the cartoons like the spider-man fox cartoon oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he looked horrible they were like hey let's keep the white suit but give him like some weird wolverine twisty hair and a bullshit beard they were like let's 90s him up for a bit yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rob Liefeld probably fucking designed him. <laughs> of course. The source of all things Ryan hates. Uh, speaking of something that Ryan doesn't hate, uh, the last bit of news that we have on here is an interesting crossover. We've talked a lot about our love for the CW's yes. 
you know, superhero programming that they have on. Most notably, Arrow is probably the thing that gets the most attention. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also have Flash. And there's going to be a Flash-Arrow crossover uh, Shit, yeah. coming up. and uh, On December 2nd. Yeah. So just a little bit more, less than a month away. I'm so excited. Like, I'm so hyped. I can't even talk about it. <laughs> well, obviously, I'm going to talk about it. But, like, I am really hyped. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to do it where it's going to be two crossover episodes where both of them are going to appear in both, in both episodes. So on so, like, the Tuesday this... of that week, it'll be The Flash. And then on Wednesday, it'll be The Arrow. Yes, that's correct. Sorry. Kelsey, yeah, you saying? Yeah, I'm super hyped. They released, like, the synopsis already of the episodes. And so on The Flash, then Felicity and um, Oliver and Diggle are all going to come to Central City to investigate Deadly Boomerang. And then um, Barry's going to be like, hey, let's all team up together and take care of this. And you can help me track this other guy who is going to turn into Roy G. Bivolio. <laughs> Wait, and then, what? Did you yep. just say Roy G. Bivolio? Yep. The Rainbow Raider. Yep. That is correct. He's going to be in it, and so is Captain Boomerang. Captain yep. Boomerang at least is a decent villain when you nope. Rainbow forgive, Raider. When All you up for, on it. When you forgive Captain Boomerang's horrible costume and dumbass name, he's a pretty cool villain. Nothing about Rainbow Raider is cool. That would but, be like being like, yeah, Crazy Quilt, he's going to show up. <laughs> Hey, well, you know, old comics, they had a real passion for alliteration and, you know, <laughs> really obvious name choices. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, um, the episodes- my favorite thing with this episode is that <laughs> Rainbow Raider is going to basically turn Barry into a fucking rage monster. <laughs> Can't wait to see it. <laughs> I'm filled with the rage of the rainbow. For real, though. Like, I can't even wait because he's going to basically, like, turn and then it's going to be Flash versus Arrow is going to be that episode. Yeah, the Flash episode is called Flash versus Arrow and the Arrow episode is called The Brave and the Bold. And I still nod to DC fans. Uh, So, I mean, we'll we'll see how it turns out. I'm I'm assuming it's going to be fantastic. So, yeah, I'm. Yeah, those shows just continue to be amazing and building on their own universe. The last Flash episode introduced um, three new villains all at once, and Mm -hmm. then Green Arrow's, like, recent arc. Fucking Gorilla Grodd, by the way. Yeah, Gorilla Grodd. Uh, Uh, Gorilla Grodd, such a bullshit, stupid character, but, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see him. Alliteration. And then just the way Arrow has been going is – I just – I love that show. Every time that ep- – like an episode of Arrow ends, I'm like, cool. Is the next one on yet? Uh, I mean they introduced Wildcat, which I'm I'm just a huge fan of any Justice Society characters. Like I'm a big fan of Golden Age DC. So introducing Wildcat totally like tugs at my fanboy heartstrings. And then online earlier, like I think yesterday, they revealed the full Black Canary costume yes. for uh, Katie Cassidy. Yes. Uh, which does look also very good. Uh, oh, speaking of TV that we really enjoy, uh, I guess this is like a flashback to episode one. Uh, but Ryan, I finally got around to uh, watching Constantine. Agreed. Yes. Thumbs up for that series. Uh, God really captures John so Constantine good, right? for me. Like, eesh. The, it, I mean, Matt Ryan really, all credit kind of goes to him because he carries that show. Yeah. Oh, hands down, dude. That's so good. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be great, and I am very pleasantly surprised every time I watch a new episode, so. It's so good. 
it's it reminds me of of like supernatural but with the the superhero twist because even though in the first episode they showed like the doctor fate helmet and all the you know hardcore fans out there like got all excited they yeah. haven't really done anything else like that yet they've kind of been doing like monsters of the week but matt ryan as constantine is so enjoyable that it doesn't really bother you yep yeah, I think but it's they, found a nice balance between, like, Monster of the Week and still allowing for Matt Ryan to have, like, good character development where you're not just like, oh, gee, Scoob, how about another mystery in the haunted house? They did show that um, Jim Corrigan, like, the Spectre, is showing up, though, in the next couple episodes. Ooh. But he's not the Spectre yet. He's still just, like, a police detective. Are they? Are, are, is there any chance of, like, a Swamp Thing showing up? That That's <laughs> highly, highly likely. Okay. They've said that the arc for the first season is based on the John Const- the Hellblazer arc where he meets Swamp Thing. Oh. Ooh, okay, so it might okay, so it might be towards the conclusion of the series that we see the Swamp Thing show up. Ooh, interesting. Yep, it's gonna be awesome. God. Man. Also speaking of superhero oh, comic shows. Yes. Can we say that Agents of Shield has been not so subtly hinting at inhumans? For yeah, the drop. last, like, two episodes. Mm-hmm. Dropping all sorts of Terrigen Miss bombs. Yeah. Yes, there's been a lot of talk on that show uh, lately about the Terrigen Miss in humans. And, uh, it's, and Sky's father. Yeah, it, it's kind of uh, fueling a lot of speculation about the origin of Sky, about some of those characters, and about where they're going to be taking that series um, in the future. I mean, we talked about it in the past, how we think it's, like, a brilliant vehicle to, like, advertise not just Marvel, but, you know, have a decent show. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. Well, yeah. they're and they've already showed that they are completely comfortable with tying the show into the movies. Mm-hmm. So it just makes sense to lead into the Inhumans, especially if if people can get a, you know, 22-episode season leading into the Inhumans. That way, the time... By the time an Inhumans movie comes out, well, not everyone in the world is yeah. going, who the fuck are the Inhumans? Exactly. Also, side note, I really, like, at this point, Sky's father could be, like, a couple different people from that whole, like, universe. But I super hope it's Maximus the Mad, because Me that would too. be insane. Yeah. That would be I'm so good. Ooh. Fingers crossed that it's Maximus. I want it to be Maximus. I think it would be, too. And it would explain how he knows how to, like, uh, quote-unquote, like, speak to the obelisk and, like, understand it without it like fucking him up so i would be super into that well they called it here first folks <laughs> he's on the short list yeah, yeah. There you go. of suspects um <laughs> all right so uh i think that's everything for news this week uh we got through everything on our list so let's move into comics for this week uh we had a bunch of new stuff that uh we had a couple new comics that debuted this week some like new titles that are restarting and we had some stuff that's continuing on i know ryan the first thing that you kind of want to talk about was superior iron man which is launched on the back end of the whole axis craziness with people swapping their alignments which by the way i hate that they have to use the word alignment uh it brings out that stupid like nine square D D grid for me and i just I hate when nerds go to that um, that grid <laughs> for, like, character development and stuff. Uh, but at any rate, their alignments are all switched, and uh, now Tony is kind of uh, a crazy megalomaniac in San Francisco. It's Yeah, nice. like, I mean, Marvel debuted three new number one, Superior, Iron Man, uh, all-new Captain America, and then also Captain America and the Mighty Avengers. Mm-hmm. All-new Captain America takes place 
somewhere in the timeline of Marvel, but like Sam is not aff- being affected by the inversion at all. So I guess it takes place before it. That title I actually really liked. It, it shows how the team is working now between like Sam, Steve, um, and the new Steve's apparent Sorry. future parallel universe son who's now nomad and i really actually liked that issue but captain america and the mighty avengers is seriously one of the worst things i've ever read in my life <laughs> it, it is horrible i mean some like i get that like falcon is or captain america now sam wilson is inverted so he's being a giant douchebag marvel could have just released a comic called douchebags and threw like sam wilson and tony stark into that one issue and then they wouldn't need three new titles to cover these characters because that's seriously all this is is marvel being like look at what a douchebag these guys are when access is going on yeah i mean i think I definitely think that the all-new Cap, like, and the Mighty Avengers was the weakest of the three number ones that they debuted. And I agree with you that it's like, man, do we really need to, like, just show off how, like, twisted some of these characters are now that they've been, like, inverted? I don't know. It's, it's for for me, like, especially in the in the Mighty Avengers and to some degree in the Axis books as well, it seemed like it was really just, like, kind of, like, lazy writing from... From the aspect of, like, Sam Wilson. Like, I don't know, like, eh, just, like, flipping everyone 180 degrees doesn't seem like, I don't know, that it, It's, it's, yeah, it's super lazy because they basically, there's, he almost kills these guys who, like, hijack a car, carjack a car, whatever. And then he does kill a guy who is, like, robbing the Roxxon, I think, uh, corporation. He kind of inadvertently kills him but just shrugs it off and he's like, whatever, shouldn't be a bad guy. And... I get that they're like inverted, but you don't need to just go around showing us that they are horrible people. I I don't think you need a whole comic devoted to that. And then also a huge problem I had in the um, Captain America and the Mighty Avengers is Luke Cage is a raging asshole to Spider-Man in that issue. And I don't know, was Luke Cage part of the inversion? I'm kind of confused. I, he was, right? Yeah, I don't know. He was affected. He definitely was. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So I, I couldn't remember, and I was like, man, is Luke Cage just an asshole now, or was he inverted? Um, but I I just feel like the title literally is like, look how douchey these guys are now. <laughs> and then like once, inver- like, once the, once the inversion's over, what is that comic going to be about? Yeah, so like... So, I mean, I will say that, like, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about, like, how crappy these, this, these like, number ones were. Um, but, you know, to, to get a little bit more positive, I thought that Superior Iron Man number one had kind of, like, a nice little twist there. Like, you know, at the beginning of the comic, of course, we all know that, like, Tony's swapped around and that. But I thought that it did, it did kind of, like, play with your expectations a bit and that it was like, oh, Tony's doing his good old, you know, philanthropist, not, you know being a terrible guy thing and then like halfway through it all like clicks and flips around and you're like oh <laughs> I, yeah i agree that I that issue had the best hook yeah you know again tony stark being drunk and making selfish choices isn't the newest horizon in comics but uh <laughs> but i wouldn't mind reading about it for like 10 issues <laughs> yeah and, and, and i think uh what it really shows with like all these three number ones is kind of the blank spots that that Marvel has left for the character there, right? So, like, you know, with Tony, we already know that he kind of walks like a gray 
area between like how much he cares about himself and others and how much Iron Man is about like him being a shiny red and gold symbol of uh, power and how much it really is about helping people. Whereas like for me, uh, the Falcon, Sam Wilson, has always been very much a – he's like much closer to Steve Rogers, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I think that they were kind of aiming like, hey, look how crazy backwards he is. But it just – I don't know. Like I would have appreciated – some more like nuanced angles to there. Like, you know, maybe we get it. So it's like, Oh, maybe civil war did a great job of, of this early on when they were presenting both sides, they did a good job of kind of like, you're you're sitting there and you're like, Hey, wait, you know, like maybe some of these people do have some points that are kind of reasonable. And then it kind of all explodes and you're like, wow, Tony Stark's an asshole. But I would have liked a little bit more gray area before they were just like, Hey, Sam Wilson's a jerk now. Well, I guess, I guess we'll see where like what happens with it. I, Access only has four more issues, and it, it's I think it's weekly or biweekly. Uh, it's weekly. It, yeah, uh, because they had four came out last week, I believe, and uh, and yeah, and five um, five came out but, this week. Yeah, so it's it's only got four more issues left. So I know Captain America, Mighty Avengers, and I know Superior Iron Man are not weekly titles. So it will be interesting to see what happens, where it all leads, because it doesn't seem like they have a whole lot of room to work with, depending on how access ends. I totally agree. Um, they're, they're definitely going to have to kind of like wrap this thing up in the next four issues. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, other stuff coming out this week that we uh, wanted to discuss. Uh, I think we wanted to talk about uh, something that's a relatively newer uh, property, actually something on the DC end, um, and that would happen to be Batgirl number 36, <laughs> which uh, came out this week, written by uh, Cameron Stewart and also partially drawn by Cameron Stewart, um, with Brendan Fletcher and Babstar on uh, the art as well. And uh, this this book in particular has made kind of a big splash, and it is a brand new reboot of Barbara Gordon, of Batgirl. Um, she's got an all-new costume that was critically acclaimed and is pretty wonderful everyone freaked out about yeah um it, it, it looks like she shops at forever 21 yeah probably because she does asshole. you're goddamn right she does yeah and uh <laughs> and also like uh the the cool thing about that is that the day that they announced that the um the doc martin site got crashed by people <laughs> going to buy the yellow doc martin boots that she wears which is just like, you know, uh, some people are like, oh, you know, yeah, it's like cosplay. And, you know, some people were like, hey, I just love that, you know, uh, that Batgirl wears these boots and I can wear them too. And that's really awesome, you know. Um, so Doc Martens is probably a little bit happy with that one. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's a great book. I don't know. I'm assuming you guys both read it and love it yeah. as well. I love it a lot because as a redheaded lady person, like I, I read this and I'm like, this is this could be me, <laughs> and I get really happy. Also, just the synopsis, like the tag for like issue thirty six, is fucking wonderful. It's uh, her off, her life is like off to a rousing new start when her first day of grad school is interrupted by twin sister assassins on motorcycles. Like it's just such a good story. I'm so hyped for it. Like I can't even understand. And I it's was a, one of those people that crashed the Doc Martin site. I'm not going to lie to you, but it's fine. It's a wordy comic, but not, like, in a bad way. Sometimes you, like, pick up a comic and there's a lot of words in there and none of them are very interesting. But it's it's snappy and it's quick. It's a Gilmore Girls episode in a comic book. So <laughs> I was going to say I, Aaron Sorkin, but, yeah, that works too. <laughs> I'm 100% okay with it. It kind of reminds me, like, of uh, the, Teen Tar- uh, the Teen Titans cartoon that was on – Teen uh, Tartans. Teen Tartans. They all wear skirts. <laughs> Um, 
<laughs> it was of that, that Teen Titans cartoon show that was on Cartoon Network that was like American anime style. And when it needed to be, it was overly cartoony. But for the like the action scenes were always amazing. And that's like the vibe I get from the Batgirl comic. And I'm 100 percent OK with it. Yeah. The, bi- the big thing is I had someone who was like who told me she was like, I don't know. I don't really like the idea of like Barbara, like taking selfies and stuff. And the reality is, if this is a new Barbara Gordon, then she's, what, like, 20 in 2014? Sorry, guys and ladies. She's probably going to be taking a few selfies. Like, that's just the reality of the world that we live in, whether we like it or not. Let's keep in mind that there's nothing wrong with taking selfies. Because, God forbid, you feel good about yourself. Yeah. Like everybody else who's like, man, these fucking teenage... No, man, I have a lot of words about that. I have some However, boys... Do not think that we are condoning any kind of dick pic taking yeah. or anything like anything like that. That is not rephrase. necessary and not a selfie. Don't forget take, the fappening. You can take all the pictures of your dick that you want, but don't unsolicitedly send them to women who don't ask for them. Yeah, That's, unless they ask. That's the only yeah. time it's, it's a yeah, good idea. Yeah, totally free game. All you guys. But in the meantime, don't send pictures of your dicks and um, don't hack into celebrities' uh, accounts and steal their shit because that's a piece of shit move, basically. <laughs> this has been your weekly advice. PSA. With um, <laughs> the more you know. Do, yeah, do, 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 a, I was going to say like, we're a fucking G.I. Joe episode now. <laughs> now you know, and knowing's half the battle. <laughs> so anyway, speaking of knowing, uh, we all know that Batgirl is fantastic. Something else that came out this week that uh, I think I talked about last week a little bit as well is Thor number two. And uh, to answer Ryan's question, they still have not revealed who this Lady Thor is. They've been a bit cryptic about it, but she definitely wields Mjolnir in some fucking badass ways, this comic. So strictly for the action panels, you should read Thor number two, written by Jason Aaron and illustrated by Russell Dodderman. It's very good. Very, yeah, I actually, good. I actually did end up reading it and... I have to say the art for me, I, I love Jason Aaron, but it's a rare thing for the art to grab me more than the writing, but Russell Dodderman just kills it, man. Like, it's beautiful. I I, I don't know. I fell in love with, like, the Thro- Frost Giants and, and with Lady Thor, and I can tell that it's going to be a good comic because there's, like, a were-minotaur in it, which is just... <laughs> it's always the- promising. A Minotaur who rides down in a solid gold elevator, no less. Yeah, just one of the best things I've ever got to say. And I know Jason Aaron can handle a comic just fine, so I'm not, like, worried about it. But I think I I, want to do some digging because I know there's some hints in the issue as to who she could be. Yeah. Um, And I know some, like, super nerd out there who has way more time than me because I'm a super (laughs) nerd, too. Don't worry, super nerds. I'm not insulting you. I'm one of you. I just don't have as much time as you. Has probably already fucking figured it out. So, (laughs) I mean, I haven't If any super nerds are going to get on our case, they're going to get on me for being a lady and not get on you for talking shit. Uh, That's the way the internet works. They're going to get on your case for that. (laughs) But at any rate, I gotta say, the art on the Thor comic is fantastic. Uh, I saw it mentioned when the, like, first previews came out. But there's, like, a panel where she, like, soars down into the ice, like, after flying with uh, Mjolnir. And when she lands, the cracks in the ice say, Thoom! And I'm just like, that's, like, the most Thor thing that I've ever seen in a comic book. Like, ah, it's so good. So beautiful. Do you have any ideas? Any, are you, do you... Speculation on who she is? 
I have not. I've been told. Uh, I've been told that like reviewing the last set of like the the Thor run to twenty five before Thor becomes unworthy or um, before Od- the Odin son becomes unworthy. It, there's like a couple of like hints in there. I, mean, I don't think it's Valkyrie um, because her thought bubbles are all like perfectly normal english not yeah. as guardian and she definitely has seen thor before so i'm almost leaning towards even though i really hope it's not jane foster mm. uh. i know that's been a speculation i think it'd be kind of a cop-out like i really hate it when red she-hulk i hate that character i don't think it will be though. completely anyways but i really hate it when they're like oh yeah it's it's betty betty banner oh mm. Or Betsy, whatever the fuck her name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think I could kind of see where it's like maybe Mjolnir, like uh, you know, like changes, you know, like her appearance and hairstyle and all that jazz, and maybe it's Jane Foster. I don't know. I, I, I don't get that vibe though. Yeah, me neither. I think I kind of see her as like possibly someone who is involved with like superheroes tangentially. You know, like maybe she's not a superhero, but maybe she's like. Um, someone who's like support staff for you know like Star Jammers or something like I could see her being like an like an obscure like Marvel character that suddenly is worthy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Definitely okay. interested to see. Like I'm excited. It's it's uh, one of the mysteries I actually care about. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's see uh, other things that came out this week. Ooh, uh, something that has kind of been running over the last month or so i know that we've talked about it in a few other places the um edge of spider-verse they just released spider-verse one which is uh, unfortunately written by dan slot but um (laughs) anyway it is a comic and uh, it does involve a a panel where you can see gwen stacy spider woman so i mean that's a plus right i guess I, i i read it i i mean Obviously, anyone who's listened to it, and you guys know I'm a hardcore, like, diehard Spider-Man fan, but it was just, it was one of those issues that you're just kind of like, oh, they did this for money. It's yeah. supposed to give us, like, backstory on some of the Spider-Verse characters, but they're, like, the stories are two to three pages a piece, and it, it really just doesn't give a lot of time to get to know any of the characters, and... It just wasn't very interesting. Yeah, you know, it's a two-issue run. It seems like they're going to do two issues of this to kind of, like, get everyone in on it. I would have really liked to see them, like, maybe expand it to three and, like, you know, give everyone a bit more space for those little backstories. Like, I felt like I got a decent idea of, you know, who several of the people were, but it's, like, I don't know. I felt like there was a lot of stuff, you know, left behind that could have been really cool. And also, why waste pages on a Spider-Man that, I mean, I'm sure no one really read the weird anime like sub run that marvel did in the early 2000s but the (laughs) spider clan spider-man has been visited he has a whole trade to himself if you really wanted to like go read about him why not there's like a hundred spider-men in this universe why not give us something that we haven't seen before yeah although the the steampunk spider woman was a lady spider yeah she was rad that was that was pretty cool she's got like crazy like steampunk like uh, almost like Superior Spider-Man, um, which is kind of cool, you know. And I like the awesome. Superior or the Sinister Six all steampunkified. Yeah, that it was cool to see them kind of like take everyone from that universe, and you got to see kind of like what a shocker looks like in the steampunk universe and stuff. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. like steampunk cosplay nerds are going just ape shit over those depictions. So yeah, for sure. Uh, 
Yeah, look out, Warbler manufacturers. People are going to be buying your product. <laughs> so, uh, and then the last thing that I have on here for releases this week is Drifter number one. Yes! Which I know KG and Ryan are both super excited about. So guys, tell me a little bit about that comic. The easiest way for me to explain it, at least of what it's supposed to be, is it's um, stories by Ivan Brandon, arts by Nick Klein. It's supposed to be like kind of like this weird mix of like, I don't know, kind of like Firefly meets like Star Wars tech meets Indiana Jones adventure. So that alone is like hyping it up way more than it really needs to be. Because like, it's definitely great. It starts off with a bang. It's super good. Abram Pollux is actually a pretty rad character. But um, like the first half of it's pretty much just like super quick dialogue, super great like in and out of like different like binds and trouble and stuff like that but then the second half of the book kind of like falls off the edge a bit but honestly it's the art that carries it through i think through at the end like nick klein kind of handles it at the end but i'm excited to see what's happening for the next one though because it still seems super promising most most image titles are they can pretty yeah. much carry i think i haven't got a chance to read that one yet actually so well, yeah it's pretty pretty great yeah at the very least it's on my it's on my pull list to um get my hands on it and give it a read. Uh, but just yeah. like Ryan, I haven't got a chance to read it this week. Uh, it's cool. There's a couple like lines in it that are just so dumb. But like, <laughs> I feel like the overarching thing is going to be a lot better. Like it's a kind of like this fast paced, like frenzy kind of thing. It's literally just like, I don't know how to explain it. It's um like kind of like one fucking thing after another, <laughs> like one point um, it hooks, the, it hooks you for sure. But I don't know. Just like the second act of it is kind of just like, all right. Like I even like marked some of the dialogues. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like one of the lines I marked was law here is a relative concept, but I got two hands. <laughs> what? Okay. Word. And then there's another one that's a, a relative concept. Trust dude. It gets weird. And then there's meet a girl <laughs> likes to look you in your eyes. It'll fix what's wrong in you. These I mean, are like, real things that somebody wrote. I mean, I guess if, if, I guess that's kind of true, though, right? Like, if you meet a girl who's, like, down to, like, lick your eyeballs, like, I mean, she must really like you or she's, you know, or eyeballs are really her thing, I guess. I don't know. No, the, I don't know. Like, it's, I truly think, like, it got carried to the, through the entire thing because of the art. Like, the first half of the story was great and then just kind of got, like, devolved into that weird fucking word soup, I guess. But, like, there's this super gorgeous, like, double page spread. It kind of looks like the Moss Eisley spaceport, but, like, I'm really into it. So, I'm excited to see what happens. Um, also, real quick, there was a new one I picked up. Justin Jordan wrote. One of my favorite image titles that's come out in the last couple of years or the strange talent of Luther Strode and then followed up with Legend of Luther Strode. If you guys haven't read it, it's amazing. It's about a kid who actually sends in one of those old comic book ads to get like super strong and gets results and he gets super <laughs> strong and starts like beating the shit out of guys. And part of it, honestly, the thing that got me into it was the art by Trad Moore. He's doing uh, the new Ghostwriter on Marvel right now. But oh, the yeah. writing, yeah, the writing's really good too. Um, so Justin Jordan, he did that. And then he did a comic called Dead Body Road, which was a mini that Image also published. And he's also writing Spread right now at Image, which is fan-fucking-tastic if you haven't read it yet. It's basically like Mad Max meets The Thing meets really bloody Japanese manga. 
Um, but he's writing a new comic called Deep State that over at Boom Studios. I think it's his first um, title that's not handled by Image or Marvel or like one of the major studios. And it's basically about the agency that makes sure conspiracy theories stay theories and don't get proven as facts. So it's got kind of kind of like an X-Files vibe to it. It's just the first issue came out and they're handling like the moon landing, which topic for a different day. But I totally think the moon landing was faked. But he talks about the moon landing actually being faked. And uh, that's the whole like opening arc on that one. And it's pretty interesting. So I definitely would check it out if you're into good stories based on crazy shit that is based on real life. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. I'll check that out. Uh, what was the title of that book again? Sorry. It's called Deep State. Deep State. All right. Yeah. And honestly, I would just I would read anything Justin Jordan writes because other than Team 7, which was a DC title, so it was destined to fail. He pretty much... <laughs> is he's pretty All much right. a surefire hit i will say this for image comics they've done a great job of like when they find a writer who writes a good book who does great for them they have a serious passion for either getting them to stay on to do the book longer or to kind of like pick their brain to be like hey what else do you have coming down the pipeline because we'd mm-hmm. love to see about publishing it you know yeah like um i mean they really got scott snyder big where he is i mean he's doing batman at dc now which i mean it's dc comics but you still can't get much bigger than batman um but i mean he started off doing american vampire which was just like a you know just another like oh it's an image title and they got stephen king to do the backstory so it drew people in and now scott snyder is basically the equivalent of Stephen King but in comic book form um and his book Witches actually the second issue just hit this week too and it is some dark twisted shit if you want to check that out as well so um yeah Scott Snyder that was another one I meant to bring up was Witches because I'm super into Scott Snyder like anything he does is yeah amazing which is which is with a y right yeah there you go Yeah, yeah and Jock is the artist and it's it's super dark, but it's kind of laced with like the dad in the story writes these children's books and every issue starts off with like a page from the children's book. So it's it gets pretty Ooh. dark. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds actually like really interesting. Um, uh, so, anything by image is just going to be good as fuck. Yeah, like, you so, know that. Speaking of things by image that are definitely going to be good as fuck, uh, this is a bit like two weeks early uh, for me. But on November 26th, uh, about two weeks from now, Matt Fraction and Christian Ward have a fantastic comic that is on its way out. It's O-D-Y-C, if you pronounce that, it's Odyssey. Odyssey! Um, And it's a sci-fi retelling of essentially the Odyssey of this space traveler and how she's trying to get home. The art looks bloody fucking fantastic. Uh, Matt Fraction is the writer, so you should be excited to begin with. Um, and I've seen some of the early like solicits, the early previews, and they look fantastic as well. So head on down to your comic shop. Make sure that you tell them that you want to put this on your pull list, that you want to read it, because, I mean, I can almost guarantee you that it's good. If you have some access to some kind of hallucinogenic of some kind, um, <laughs> I would suggest maybe on your second read-through taking it. Um, of course, in the safety of your home and not operating any kind of uh, you know mechanical devices or putting yourself in any danger. Like, um, but it might be good. And so while good. you're there, put Bitch Planet on your pull list. Yes! 
So that's going to be Kelly Sue, Mama Main, girl. Yeah, uh, Bitch Planet, which uh, has been getting a lot of attention lately for its varied and powerful description uh, depictions of women's of all shapes, sizes, colors, creeds. Goddamn right. And um, uh, basically, <laughs> Bitch Planet is going to be fantastic. If you have any love for anything Deconic, uh, be it something like Pretty Deadly, a fantastic uh book that she's done or captain marvel issue nine which actually came out this week Mm -hmm. um i would suggest definitely getting your hands on bitch planet um several of the fans of bitch planet have gotten uh non-conformist tattoos uh, (laughs) to match the ones that the women are given in the comic um uh, but uh, i I won't advocate going that far but if you really love the comic i mean can't fault you (laughs) you get a retweet i just want to say (laughs) if there's like a I, I honestly, not to toot my own horn here, but I'm going to. Um, I if there's like a job for comic book talent, like I want to be the talent agent because like ten years ago when X Men <laughs> was sucking ass, Matt Fraction took X Men over, and literally like I remember the first comic I read that Matt Fraction did, he Cyclops flies up on a jetpack and he has all these like it's one of those things where it gives descriptions of all the characters. And yeah. it's like Wolverine, you know, super badass with healing, blah, blah, blah. And then Cyclops flies up on the jetpack and it says, Cyclops owns a jetpack. That was literally <laughs> all Matt Fraction could do to make Cyclops seem Cyclops cool. And at that shit. at that moment, I called it. I was like, this Fraction guy's going places. This is amazing. That's how Cyclops <laughs> should always be described. Yeah, Cyclops is, is really like <laughs> – He's such a perfect storm of a character, and that like any time that a that a writer begins to give him like any kind of like characterization, they're just like, oh, but you know, he's all messed up from his parents being dead, and he's just a whiny baby. He's gonna go cry at the corner, guys. He is a whiny baby. He's the Leonardo of the X Men, like Leonardo <laughs> from TMNT. Like that Cyclops is just that in the X Men. Yeah, he's That's like the tor- he he's the tortured leader. Like, oh, this responsibility it's so heavy on my soul i'm sorry i, I just keep on looking at the um prologue pages that ward posted on his tumblr i keep oh. looking at them because they're so beautiful i can't even stand it for odyssey sorry yeah. um yeah and i'll see about i'll see about getting a link to some of those preview pages in the show notes for you guys um yeah, i'll put it on our twitter because yeah. we have a twitter now <laughs> yes, that's correct, uh, and we'll give you all. Yeah, those we've details. been live tweeting this whole time. Yeah, we'll yeah. give you guys. Ryan some, and uh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you guys some uh, some some extra directions on where to find uh, the Twitter and how to get in, t- in contact with us and stuff. Uh, tw- the Twitter a little bit later. Andy uh, is forty years old. He I needs know. to get on the Twitter. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like uh, that bookface needs us to be on there too. Um, uh, but yeah, it's okay. I, I said Pokemon like a super old person in the first episode. So. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, I retain my youth, <laughs> begrudgingly, KG, eternally youthful. Um, I fucking wish, man. <laughs> oh yeah, right. If only. I don't know. Would you really want to wish that? Anyways, but yeah. Oh, the other thing that we wanted to talk about this week is uh, a fantastic Brian K. Vaughn book that uh, we said we were going to talk about last week, but we never really did. And while it doesn't actually have a release until next week, I think, right? Um, I don't think so, because the last one was on Halloween, so it was um, on the 31st. No, so it'll be probably not until December that we won't get another issue, huh? Yeah, something around there. But maybe like the maybe like the 26th? Let me pull it up. 
I think that they've got a hardcover uh, coming out for my God. book one. You uh, should look at the, the cover art that they have for that because it is beautiful. Yes. It's like I know a lot of people were giving them shit. Like I watched – I was at the panel for this at um, – I don't remember if it was Wonderful. No. It was uh, SDCC then. Okay. But I was at the panel for Saga and Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples were talking about how they were getting a lot of shit for the first issue's cover which is Alana breastfeeding their baby Hazel. And everybody was like, well, you should like some like certain shops were like putting it in like bags. So that way you couldn't see yeah, it. So you couldn't see because it. Because people are fucking terrible and don't understand biology. There's <laughs> not like, even a nipple on the cover. Come on guys. Right. Like it's not even a big deal, but people were losing their shit because that's female yeah. body for you, I guess. I mean, and so ugh, it's dumb. in, in reaction to that, when they had to desi- when they had to design the cover for the hardback for the trade, then they're like, you know what? They didn't like the breastfeeding. We'll make it even bigger breastfeeding, and it's literally just a hazel, like in this beautiful image, just like breastfeeding, and then you just see like the boob, her head, and then like the planets lining behind her. Like it's fucking perfect. Like it's so good. Yeah, it uh... <sighs> stick it to the man, Brian K. Vaughn, if you want Staples, you're my booze. I love you so <laughs> exactly. much. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I- Gosh, we can't say enough good things about uh, Saga, which is, uh, God, like one of, I don't know, one of the pleasant surprises for me, at least, in comics in like the last year or so. Just a beautifully drawn, beautifully written like piece of work. If you guys have read uh, Why the Last Man, which is mm-hmm. also a fantastic comic, uh, which I actually just finished doing like a reread of the whole thing all the way through uh, last weekend. It's uh, it's it's very good. It it details. Um, it's a story told about this kid Hazel and uh, kind of about you know what her parents have to do to make things work in this like crazy galactic war that's going on between a planet and its moon. And it's really good. Yeah, it's basically like the space opera fantasy book, and it's it seems. Like, I draw a lot of issue with people who talk shit on Saga because I love it so much. But there is this guy who I know from work who used to be really into the series. And, like, he was like, yeah, man, there's all this fucking intergalactic fighting. And there's this war going on between Wreath and Landfall. And even though there's this star-crossed lover shit, like, they still make it really cool. And then as the issues have, like, delved on, and it's on 24 currently as the most recent um and 25 is coming out maybe in 2015 i think not soon enough point being but um (laughs) he stopped reading it or keeping up with it because he's like well it's too much woman shit now and that made me rage (laughs) like there was a boob on the cover like i literally like in like the grossest female fashion like i went to bleed on everything he loved like i was so upset (laughs) like i couldn't believe it I'm sure um, that you just, like, beat off profusely to that fucking Kim Kardashian picture that came out, you know? So, like, we don't really have to worry about him as a human being. I also have feelings about that, too, but I'll keep that to myself. Um, <laughs> I think that's but, a different podcast. Yeah, that's a different. <laughs> um, but we'll yeah, talk about you guys about it. I don't it. know. I, I feel like... Uh, I feel like anyone who is making those complaints, like Ryan said, we can just ignore them because to say that like, it's just like way too heavy into like the the feminine or female side of things ignores like a bunch of like really awesome characters that are of both genders inside the comic that are both equally represented really well and given lots of layers. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just don't see how if you 
actually read the comic and you have any kind of like literary reference like i can understand if all you've read (laughs) is like goosebumps and you're like man i don't really like this but like if you've read something good you you recognize things that are well done and this deserves your praise not your eye uh yeah it's so what is wrong with goosebumps (laughs) i'm not saying that it's i'm not saying that goosebumps is bad i'm saying that like goosebumps is a great example of like Something that a lot of people read when they were young, which kind of was a nice uh, like bridge between, you know, reading like some kiddie book and reading something that's actually literature. And I think for Goosebumps is often heralded as like capturing that like kid fear and curiosity. And I think Saga captures that same fear and curiosity, but about adult issues and in outer space. And it's wonderful. uh, And you should read it. Yeah, it's honestly like. I feel weird saying that anything is, like, my favorite book of all time, but Saga would probably take that title. Like, it's so immersive. Like, the worlds are insane. The art by Fiona Staples is fucking unbelievable. Like, it's not even – it's so unreal that somebody can create that on, like, a monthly basis. And, like, she pretty much – like, Brian K. Vaughn gets her notes like, hey, maybe do this with a character? And then she comes up with this, like, totally badass, weird, like, alien that you would have never, like, pictured in your brain. And, like, there's an entire, like, race of robots who have, like, TV screens for faces. And when they're, like, going through, like, certain things or saying and certain dialogues are, like, passing out in the field of battle, they're thinking of, like, dudes sucking each other's dicks. Like, it's seriously a fucking work of art. Like, I can't even process it. It's just so good every single time it comes out. It makes me upset that it's only out once a month. Like, catching up was the worst thing that's ever happened to me because then I couldn't read anymore. And, like, all the characters are crazy, crazy well-developed. Like, I've seen so many different fans, like, just latch onto this. Like, it's nobody's business. Like, at Comic-Con, like, I can't even understand, like, explain to you guys, like, how many people there were dressed up like the stock or, like, Gwendolyn or, like, fucking Isabel, who's my girl. Like, I can't. It's just so good. And it's only going to keep getting better, especially in 2015. So I'm just really excited about it. Yeah. Anyone who knows anything about comics, like, had to expect this when they're like, hey, uh, so we're going to do a monthly series by Brian K. Vaughn and it's a space epic. That's all you need. Monthly series by BKV is all you needed to say. Um, For real. And, and then like, when you tack Fiona Staples on top of it, it gets even better. Yeah. Uh, Why the Last Man is one of the only comic books I've ever considered getting tattooed to my body. Um, <laughs> because it's just one of the best things that's ever been written. Um, hands down for sure. And I I literally finished it probably a week before they announced Saga. So when they announced Saga, I was all hype on BKV anyway. So I dove in head first and it's it is never a disappointing read. And I just want to say my favorite thing about Why the Last Man is that as someone who was formerly a drama major, I've spent a lot of time around drama teachers. And let me tell you, <laughs> drama teachers are exactly the kind of people that will name their son Yorick and their daughter fucking Hero. <laughs> <laughs> and when, whenever, when there's like three or four times in the series where fucking Yorick has to hear, alas, poor Yorick, like, oh my god, I can feel his fucking rage from having to be born with that name and exist. All of his life with that. Uh, yeah, oh, it's so good. Um, I think what we've basically come to the like the fruition of this and the other episodes that we recorded so far are that 
we pretty much hate DC except for on television. And we <laughs> really, really, really overwhelmingly love Matt Fraction and BKB. Like, that's what we've come up with. Yeah, can someone just, like, can Andy, uh, you need to just send a sound clip straight to BKB and Matt Fraction of just us, like, audio just, like, blowing like, verbally their... filleting them the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Like, here, here, here you go, Matt Fraction. Like, I am just, it's like... It's clear that you are not proficient in blowjobs. I'll handle this. <laughs> yeah, that sound does uh, not come out normally. No, I was giving him a... I was motorboating his balls. Oh, That's oh, what I was doing enough. there. Yeah. So, okay. Fair. You handle I, I the balls. Andy and I will take shaft. It's fine. Yeah. I figure they're big, like, beanbag chairs, so I had to go I had to go big on those. Also, side note, they... Um, Fraction and Kelly Sue definitely just had, like, a two-night appearance, like, down the street from my house, and I'm really upset because I had to work. And um, yeah, Darren Hubke, um, I don't know if you know him. He worked at GameStop for a while. We're weird buddies. I actually tried to get him to do a podcast before you guys agreed to do one with me. Um, he works at the comic shop they were at. So oh, he's what? Oh, you're saying like we were like your second choice, Ryan? He works at Beach Ball? Yeah, he works at Beach Ball. And Andy, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's been just tweeting stuff that like um, Kelly Sue and Matt Fraction have been saying. We're number the, two. The shop. <laughs> Um, I guess someone definitely of us. <laughs> um, was like tried to imply anti-feminism at the comic book shop. Wait, what? That's a weird oh, choice here, for those this two. Is, um, Darren Hubke right here. It says, when describing someone who's a pushover or weak-willed, don't use the word pussy, especially when Kelly Sue is in the room. Oh, my God. What a fucking idiot. Yeah, I wish dude, I could have seen her slay. I can't even – Oh my god, who would be so dumb as to think that that was a good idea? It's probably the guy who told you that Saga was too feminist now. Oh my god. No, his quote was, too full of womanly shit. <laughs> like, right. I forgot, he doesn't know the word feminist. So. No. Uh. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't even understand it. Like, I am not, like, crazy upset that I didn't get to go to the book club that they were having with them to, or last night. Because, like, Andy and I have already said, like, we got to met, meet them extensively at um, Emerald oh, City. Oh, at uh, Emerald City, yeah, yeah. Which was fucking wonderful. So, like, it's not, like, something I've never done before. But still, like, every time they show up for something, they fucking bring it. Like, also, I would have liked to see somebody get their ass dragged through the fucking mud by Kelly Sue. Right. Emerald City was such a great experience for us. I guess that's, like, two for two on this podcast. Because uh, uh, I ended up meeting uh, Bad Star when we were in at ECC. And she was, like, the nicest lady that I think I talked to the entire time that I was there. So... Like, God, man, people are awesome. Seattle's awesome. Yeah, that's oh, thanks, my guys. favorite con. Thanks. I'm so glad I went with you. Well, hey, you know, you, uh, we were your second choice for a podcast host. Yeah. So what the fuck do you want from us? <laughs> Sorry. Our direct flight from L.A. didn't have a stopover in uh, Northern California. <laughs> Actually, I think we did on the way out. <laughs> we did. Yeah. I think we literally day. stopped in Oakland. So, oh, yeah, now cool. we're really like an bad. hour away. OK, yeah. sweet. All right. Whatever. It's Sorry, fine. Ryan. Well, if it makes you feel better, Ryan, Andy's not going up with me again next year because he's the worst. So, yeah, well, that's the truth. I am the worst, the <laughs> absolute worst. Uh, I'm I'm just having a whole lot of trouble like getting time off from work. Uh, it's, no, it's fair. It's fair. I'm just going by myself because I need to go to Seattle. Like I could, like this is going to sound fucking like heresy, but like I could give two shits about San Diego, but like Emerald City is where it's at. Like San Diego Comic Con is great for a lot of different reasons, but I still. I just enjoy the vibe of Seattle a lot more. And then also it's 
like I hate to be this pretentious fucking douchebag, but it is a lot more focused on actual comics and artists and stuff as opposed to like big movies and whatnot. There's no Holly H drama. <laughs> I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, I, I, I got to say that I've only been to San Diego Comic-Con once and it was like five or six years ago before it kind of all exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, and admittedly, I've only been to Emerald City once, but Emerald City was just a lot more of kind of like a chill yeah. Also, it's not 900 degrees, so that's always a plus, too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and also, the tickets don't sell out in, like, 23 seconds, which is... That's true, and they're only, like, uh, 150 bucks for three-day, I think? That's, like, top yeah. side, I think. Like, I think it might be cheaper. Anyways... If you we get the option, you should go to Emerald yeah. City. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, as, as Ryan mentioned, uh, we need to uh, kinda, stop talking. <laughs> yeah, somehow find a way to stop talking about the comics that we love so much. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening today. Uh, I know we had a great time. Please make sure that you guys uh, go to your local comic shop. Add the comics that you love to your pull list because otherwise they have no idea what you're reading. Other than that, while you're at it, add um, Odyssey and Bitch Planet and uh, everything else in Mac Faction and Kelly Sonic do. And we're going to talk about Star Wars next episode. Oh, right. Oh, Oh, damn it. Next episode. Uh, Yeah, Star Wars. The Force. I'm bringing you back. (laughs) And uh, you'll have to hear about our opinions on that in the next episode. So until next time, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. We'll see you guys next time and enjoy your comics. <laughs> to hear more of Two Guys, a Girl, and a Comic Book podcast, or to share your thoughts and comic recommendations, follow us on Twitter at 2G1G Talk Comics. That's the number 2G, the number 1G Talk Comics. Or if you'd like to email the show directly, you can do so at Two Guys and a Girl Talk Comics at gmail.com. All letters this time. As always, you can find more episodes of the show by visiting our Podbean at twoguysandagirltalkcomics.podbean.com. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>